My guest today, Karen Hurt of Let's Grow Leaders, inspires courage, confidence, and innovation. Karen shares her extensive research and proven tactics for having team members speak up and share their best ideas and thinking. This is what we need to create powerful, innovative, and productive cultures. I'm glad you're here to learn from Karen. Welcome to the Courage of a Leader podcast. This is where you hear real life stories of top leaders achieving extraordinary results. And you get practical advice and techniques you can immediately apply for your own success. This is where you will get inspired and take bold, courageous action. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Amy Riley. Now, are you ready to step into the full power of your leadership and achieve the results you care about most? Let's ignite the courage of a leader. Karen, thank you for being with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure. Yeah, I'm excited about the conversation that we are going to have today. We are going to talk about how leaders can encourage people to step up and to speak out, because that's what we need to have innovative results producing cultures. Now, I want to start with a question, Karen, why don't people speak up? Because I think we're learning that it's not enough to just get a group of smart people together, even a group of smart, diverse folks that have different perspectives and different experiences, right? Even when we bring people together, we now know that not everybody is finding it safe and okay to speak up and to speak their mind. And I know you have research on this. Let's start there. Why don't people speak up? You know, it's uh, it's interesting. The reason we got so curious about this topic is that we were working with uh, very senior leaders all over the world, and we would hear this concern. Why don't people speak up? Why don't they share their ideas? Why aren't people sharing best practices? And, and in frustration of, you know, why am I the one that has to, like, do a skip-level meeting or a focus group to ask people for these things? Why aren't my middle managers and frontline managers doing that? Yeah. Well, what was fascinating is we would go into the front line to do training in these very same organizations and we would hear this frustration. Nobody wants my ideas. The last time I spoke up, I got in trouble. My manager operates around the notion of this is the way we always do, done it. So we, we did some uh, really extensive quantitative and qualitative research to a- ask a couple of questions. When people were not speaking up or holding back ideas, what kinds of ideas were they holding back? And they weren't trivial. It wasn't like, oh, I wish I had kombucha in the break room or virtual taco Tuesdays. They they were holding back really important ideas to improve the customer experience, the employee experience or productivity in a process. So then we said, well, why are you holding back these ideas? And a couple of highlights. uh, The the most fascinating was that 56% said the reason I am not sharing an idea is because I won't get credit. I'm not going to be recognized for yeah. it. Uh, 49% said they're not regularly asked for their ideas. Okay. And 50% said nothing's ever going to happen anyway, so why bother? 
And then 40% said they lack the confidence to share their ideas. So it takes more, as you were just saying, Amy, it takes more than an open door or going out and saying, yeah, bring me any ideas. Because for most people, they don't have the confidence. They don't have confidence in something's going to happen. They don't think their manager wants their ideas. And all of those are headwinds. And what we found that has been really interesting too, is we've gone in to apply these tools and the techniques that we built after the research We've, we're finding that it really comes down to a couple of things. Like first, you've got to eliminate any toxic courage crusher, right? Shame, blame, intimidation. And, you know, it'll be interesting. Sometimes people will say, oh, yeah, come in. We really want people to share their ideas. But then you stumble across really bad bullying or something terrible. And you think, nobody's going to have energy for that, right? If If you still have that going on. So that's the first thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then the, the next most important thing is really creating clarity. And that's clarity around two things, not just clarity that you want people's ideas. Most, most people are pretty good about that, but it's clarity around what a good idea would accomplish. So as, as we tested the tools, we tried them in a couple of ways. And in some circumstances, we would say, bring us any ideas that you think would improve our team, any ideas that would improve productivity, any ideas that you would improve the customer experience. And people, the ideas were, they were all right, but they weren't getting implemented. But then we encourage leaders say, we, you know what we need an idea on right now, how to make this one process better. Or how to improve our, um, you know, employees' work at home experience or being very specific. Then what we got was really implementable, practical ideas. Specifically channel their thinking. Yes. Oh, did you say there was three things? So it's starting with, so it's navigating the narrative, (laughs) creating clarity, and then it's cultivating curiosity. And this is proactively going out and asking people for their ideas, right? So, you know, what's one way we can improve the customer experience? So we have seven steps, but four I like to teach to any leader at any level. And the, the final one is responding with regard because that nothing ever happens anyway, statistic, is all about people not, the feedback loop not being closed. I bring you an idea, you you say, great, nothing ever happens. I think nothing yeah. ever happens. Sometimes you may have actually done something with that idea. Right. Um, and so we say, you know, even if there's an idea that is completely wacky, you can't use it, still respond with gratitude, thanking right. them for the idea, information about what's going to happen next, whether you're going to use it, not use it, why, what's the situation, and then an invitation to continue to contribute. Terrific. Karen, that was a lot of great information already. I am still struck by those percentages in your research, right? 56% not speaking up because they won't give get credit. 40% lacking the the confidence, right? So it just has me thinking of like, yeah, all the ways that leaders can encourage folks to, to, to speak up. Karen, let me tell listeners a little bit more about who you are. Karen Hurt of Let's Grow Leaders inspires courage, confidence, and innovation. A former Verizon Wireless executive, she's known for growing courageous leaders, building great cultures, and inspiring high-performance teams. She's the award-winning author of four books, 
a fifth one coming next year, uh, including uh, Courageous Cultures, and was named as an Inc. Great Leadership Speaker for her highly interactive keynotes and executive programs. She inspires and guides leaders with leadership development programs, a weekly blog, and asking for a friend show. We will get links to those in the show notes. Karen, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. I mean, we're kindred spirits, right? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at your, you know, backgrounds as courage. So yes. we're, and I've got my courage lion in the background. Uh, she's experimenting there. So. Oh, love it, love it. Yes. So listeners can hear why we were uh, immediately drawn to one another and wanted to continue the conversations. All right. So there's some statistics out there, leaders that we need to do some things differently if we want our team members to step up and give us those really great, important ideas that they're holding back. So the, the first strategy or approach you mentioned, Karen, was eliminating toxic courage culture. Toxic courage crushers is what we call them. So yeah. things like shame, blame, and intimidation. Yeah, yeah. So, how, so how do leaders do that? Well, you know, the first thing, you know, it really depends on what level of the organization you're in, right? So if you are, you know, if you are a C-level person, if you are in HR, what are your policies and what is your tolerance and who are you promoting? And one of the, you know, interesting things that is very, very disturbing is so frequently, particularly in sales organizations, the really high performers, if they are knocking it out of the park, if they've got the deep, deep relationships with uh, clients, like, well, we're just going to look the other way and we're going to let this bullying or obnoxious behavior continue because we can't, if we say something, but if you are allowing that even with one person, yes. right? It, it, everyone is watching. And if you're promoting people who are exhibiting those behaviors or on your executive team, you've got somebody with this ridiculous temper that just blows up and shouts F-bombs when something goes wrong. And you're like, oh, but that's okay. But you know what? We really value psychological safety around here. Every, you know, everybody's watching what is actually happening. So, but you might be listening. You're like, yeah, but I am not the CEO, I am not the CHRO. So then I would say, what are you doing on your team, yep. in your circle of influence? And one of the things to really remember is, even if you are the most human-centered leader, showing up, telling you people that you want their ideas, it is statistically likely because of that st statistically valid research uh -huh. right, that people are holding on to a negative experience from the past. Mm -hmm. And it may not even be at your organization and it may not be with you, but they're saying, you know what? I, I lack the confidence to share that ideas. I, I shared an idea before, nothing ever happened anyway. My, man, my old manager didn't want my ideas. What's different with you? And I know this plays out because Clearly, I, I so I was at Verizon for 20 years, and I, I led you know really large teams. I had a 10,000 person team at the, in my last role there, and I said, "I feel like you're not sharing your ideas with me." Mm -hmm. And she says, "Well, yeah, no," and all that stuff came out. And I said, "Have I ever given you any indication that I?" And she's like, "No, but you know, I'm 50 years old, and 
I just, I'm not going to change. I know how this works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, so I would encourage, you know, go like I go into any room and say, there's probably, there's statistically likely there are half the people in the room are going to need some help mm -hmm. to an encouragement to speak up. And, you know, so how do you do that? Well, you do that by asking, making it easy to ask, to reduce the headwinds for people. And, you know, so for example, um, Amy, if I, if you and I have been working together for a while, and then I would say, hey, you have any ideas that would make me a better leader? Well, even if we have deep psychological safety between us, you're gonna be like, mm, I'm likely, you're like, well, any ideas, a, Karen, where do I start? I have so many. Or, <laughs> you know, or, you know, I'm not, is she really ready for that one? Maybe I'll give her this one. But if I say, Amy, you know, I am really working on how to make our meetings more effective. What is one idea that you have, one specific thing that I could do to make that better? Yeah. I, you're, it's easy now for you because and nobody's meetings are perfect and you're going to have ideas. And so then I said, thank you so much. Ah, that, that is a good idea or, oh, you know, or whatever it is. Maybe it's not, but I'm, I thank you for it. And then I say, and do you have anything else that you think would make me a more effective leader? Now they're open and warmed up. Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you could right. ask for the next specific thing that you need, yeah. but it's, it's breaking it down and then showing that you are responding to that, to people's feedback. And we like to start with the small ones. You know, meetings is pretty safe. Yeah. Everybody yeah. likes to hate meetings. Everybody has an opinion about meetings yeah. and it's not particularly personal. Right. Uh, Karen, yeah. I think you should have an agenda. <laughs> that, that's not that personal. Right. But then you can work your way up to the deeper issues of trust, yeah. you know, collaboration. Very great. Karen, you said a lot of good things. I'm going to recap these. Uh, so if you're at the level or in a position where you can impact policy, take a look there, right? And don't allow the bullying behavior. You said it happens in sales organizations. I've seen the brilliant engineer or the brilliant scientist, right? Everybody kind of just lets yeah. some of those not collaborative behaviors keep going. And keep asking, letting people know that you want their ideas. And I love this, Karen, get specific. Ask for specific ideas. I've had conversations with leaders recently about getting feedback. And they're like, I don't, no one ever, no one ever gives me any feedback. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when you dig a little deeper, it's because they're just asking that open ended question Do you have any yeah. feedback for me? Yeah. People are not stepping in. So, okay, well, what do you want feedback on? Yeah. Right. And then ask for, ask for something you're doing well and something that you're not doing well. Yes. Change. Right. And then you're inviting them to speak to both sides of the coin. I really hope it encourage them. Create clarity about what a good idea would accomplish. We've talked some about that. Anything you would add there, Karen? I would say I'll get a call on this. Can you come work with our middle management team? They're just not critical thinkers. They're just not strategic yeah. enough. Uh-huh. The, the number one thing when I pull back the covers on that is that people do not have enough context or information to be strategic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a lot of times, you know, executives will be working on strategy. They understand they have the data. They, and so then they build a communication plan and they 
simplify it, which is good. One should do that. They go out and they, but, and then, but they don't give people a chance to catch up, to ask the questions, to think about how that would work for their team. They don't. And so people are like, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, do I have any ideas about this? No, but because they don't understand it enough. So I think that's the other, you know, another area is how, how are you really not just communicating strategy? You know, I, I say, don't just talk EBITDA, talk what I need from you, right? <laughs> so like, what is the, you know, all right, so this is our strategy. Now, this is how I think it's going to play out. Before we start, do a check for understanding, can they repeat it back to you? Do they really understand? What do you think the impact is going to be for your team on that? And you may learn a lot there because you're now you're encouraging people to speak up. Well, I hear why we're doing that. Here are my concerns. And that, and, and people are going to have concerns. It is better to know what they are. Now you can choose to, it doesn't mean you're going to necessarily change your strategy, but you need to help. But if you want buy-in, you need to make it safe for people to talk about, well, what's the impact going to be on my team with this? How that? So I'd say that is the, you know, the, in terms of, really telling people where you need an idea. And then the other is when we do uh, what we call an idea incubator process, where we have a, a series of tools that create the clarity, then they cultivate the curiosity and invite people to share their ideas. And so we teach a very simple way for people to position their ideas. Okay. And we use it in the workshop, or, you know, but we also, that once you learn this method, you could say, anytime you have an idea, bring me an idea in this way. I, why is this idea interesting? Meaning, why is it strategically aligned with where we need a great idea? D, doable. Why is this idea something we could actually pull off? Right? Uh -huh. Because if it needs a big change in regulation and you're going to have to call compliance and they're going to have to go lobby on lobby Congress. And all right, well, maybe that's an idea that you can hand off, but that's not an idea that we're going to be able to implement on this team right now. Okay. E, engaging. Who else might we need to involve to make this idea happen? Does it need to be stakeholdered with finance, with HR? Do you need to get your boss's boss? Is there another department downstream or upstream that needs to be involved? And A, actions. What are a couple of specific actions or next steps? And I will tell you that if you just take that, no matter what level you are, yeah, in the it, and you teach your team, like when we we're talking about ideas, can you think through these things and then bring them to our next meeting in this way? Right. You know, and it is amazing. So, and if you are, even if you're an emerging leader, right, you don't have direct reports yet, you go to your manager and say, hey, I have an idea that could include or improve the customer experience. Here's why it's interesting, doable, engaging, here are the key uh -huh. actions. Even if they say no, yeah. you have just showed up caring about the business, uh -huh. a critical thinker, uh -huh. right? Who is articulate communicator. Uh -huh. You've got to win, even if it doesn't, if this one doesn't go. Uh -huh. Really great, Karen. Leaders remembering that as you're bringing ideas to your team, you have been thinking about it longer than they have. Yeah. Right. Or you're making a change or you need to respond to a new opportunity or a new challenge. And we think as leaders, we tell them one time and then they're caught up and they're at the same place that, yeah. that we are. And we've got to give folks time to process and we need to be ready to hear those concerns. 
Yes. Right. You're, you're saying invite folks to say, what are their concerns? They can also share what they're excited about. 100%. Yeah. But we've got to be ready to hear that. And that's easier said than done, right? If we've been thinking about it for some time and we're working through in our heads how we think this can look, and then we hear some concerns that might blow that up, but we want to hear them sooner rather than later. So I think that reminder is so important. And when you speak up with your concerns, I think that's the other thing. If you know, if if you are someone who's immediately jumps to the critical things. If you want to be heard, acknowledge the idea first. My TED talk, we, you know, is all about like, what do you do when they're really wacky ideas and how do you, you know, respond in a way that is, you know, you're going to keep encouraging people to bring you more practical, remarkable ideas. So, yeah. 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 And maybe a nice segue into the third approach you're giving us today, Karen, the cultivate the curiosity. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah. Like, I have leaders that speak to me all the time about folks who, and you've already alluded to this, who are not thinking strategically. They're not in a continuous improvement mindset. They're just kind of in a tactical execution mode. Yeah. And they're, they're they're getting things done, getting their little hits of dopamine, but yeah. they're not bringing that curiosity, that ownership, like how could how could we make this better, more productive, more valuable? Yeah. How do we cultivate that curiosity? So, you know, one way to do it, and we've really alluded to this, is asking courageous questions. And courageous questions are humble and specific. So what's one way? So they assume improvement is possible. What's one way we could improve the productivity of this process? What's one way I, I could make our meetings more effective? So that's very, that's at the most basic level. Another way, though, is to really teach your team, give them very tactical tools to think critically. Nice. So our, one of our favorites is what we call only ugly. So you take a, a challenge that you have. Say you're having a challenge with retention. You're losing okay. a lot of people. Okay. You, what are we underestimating? With regard to retaining key talent, what are we underestimating? And so then you say, well, what, what could we be underestimating? Well, we're underestimating the impact of that call center that just moved in uh, 20 minutes away. And that's, you know, we're underestimating like their attractiveness and the, of their great culture that's taking people away. You know, maybe we are underestimating the skill levels that people have and, and we're recruiting in for manager positions and we're not promoting from within. So when people are leaving, so what are we underestimating? Gee, what's gotta go? What do we need to stop doing in order to solve this problem? Okay. And then L, where are we losing? Where are we losing to the competition? Where has our performance not been in the past? And then my favorite, which in chapter six of Courageous Cultures, uh, we have a nice case study about, which is where are we missing the yes? Where is there a completely different way to look at the problem? I go talk about my, when I was leading a 2200 person sales team at Verizon, and we were not allowed to sell the iPhone at that point because AT&T had exclusive rights. So it tells you how long ago this was. Okay. But he, so my team, sales team's completely demoralized. They're like, Karen, I got nothing to sell here, right? It, it, people are lining up outside of our stores to port their phones over to AT&T because everybody's so excited about this new iPhone. And so we did a, where are we missing the yes? Mm. And the, where are we missing the yes? was that at this point in time, 
business customers, like small business customers, were very concerned about this newfangled iPhone. Is it going to have the security? They still wanted the BlackBerry, and they still wanted push-to-talk phones. And they and and then we had some Android devices that had very tight security. Uh-huh. They felt more comfortable with those. So, all right, don't worry about all those consumers that are porting their lines out. Figure out whether they also own a small business because they might be coming into our store to port out that one phone, but they may have a small plumbing business or a contracting business that they've got five or 10 or 20 lines. We started asking every customer where they work. They are, we are porting over five, 10, 20 lines at a time. All of a sudden our sales are blowing up and all the other regions are looking and going, what are they doing over there? Right? And so that is a, where are we missing the yes? Because we weren't going to solve the consumer problem. We needed the iPhone to come out, but we were, but what our most important thing was, was revenue. We didn't care where it came from, right? We just needed to make ourselves quotas. So I, you know, I think that is, and we use this technique all over the world, all kinds of industries. And it, when you start to ask the only ugly questions, uh-huh. you're going to get too many things. You're going to feel completely overwhelmed. Well, we could do this, we could do this, do this. So then you ask, well, how can we? And then you get your um, your parameters of what a successful idea would accomplish, right? We can't, we got to stay within this budget. We got to do uh-huh. Right. So you don't stifle that first. You do that next. Right. And then and then from there. All right. What are your IDEAs yeah, yeah. for this? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and if you we do this process in a all team offsite. Right. So you can bring 150 managers together. We just did this at Nestle had took four of their key strategic initiatives. Use these tools. The, the ideas are mind blowing. They're so good. And it only takes yeah. a couple of hours. Yeah. Let me recap, Karen, this is great stuff. So how do we cultivate curiosity? You ask courageous questions. And I wanna make sure everybody caught what you said. You said those are humble and they're specific, right? You're humbly open to hearing the ideas and you're specifically telling them where to channel their thinking. And then I like the tactical tools, Uh, only, only ugly. Oh my gosh, that really is going to like ground people in some realistic thinking, right? Underestimating, where are you underestimating? What's got to go? Where are you losing? Where are we missing the yes? And then you're hearing the ideas. And let me reiterate that acronym. How is the idea interesting, relevant, right? Doable. How can we put this into play? Engaging, who do we need to engage and how and in what ways? And actions, right? What are the the next steps that we can take to make this possible? Yes. I'm wanting to close the loop, Karen, with the uh, strategy about closing the loop, responding with regard, making sure that when we get those ideas, we close that loop, we let folks know what is or is not happening with them. Yeah. What would you add there? So, you know, it's gratitude, information, and invitation. And, yeah. you know, so so suppose somebody brings you a, a crazy idea, right? Crazy. Oh, I think for our marketing, we ought to have a llama parade going down uh, the, the beltway. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Now, this person yeah. <laughs> clearly cares. Yep, yep. But you're not going to have a llama parade. It's a right. crazy idea. So, you know, but, and most people would probably say that's a crazy idea, Yeah. but you could say, you know, thank you so much 
for caring so deeply about our marketing, right? There's a couple of concerns with that, right? We've got got logistics concerns, we've got safety concerns. So can you bring me any ideas that would accomplish what we're trying to do with our marketing strategy that do not involve police escorts and pooper scoopers. Yes. Right? Like you give them the, you give them the perimeters. Yeah. Give them the information. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, so, the, so, and you've invited them to bring more ideas. So I don't feel like, uh, because if you just tell me that's crazy, I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't know. The next one might be crazy too. But if you say, you know, thank you. to And then what ideas do you have, but this is what a good idea looks like. A good idea looks like, safe, easy to operationalize with yeah. the next budget. Okay. I can work okay. with that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Take out the llamas. <laughs> Something <laughs> Right. And no llamas. <laughs> really great, Karen. Let me recap these four approaches that we've talked about today to encourage people to step up and to speak out. Eliminate toxic courage culture crushers. That's great alliteration. Second, create clarity. There's more alliteration there. Third, cultivate curiosity. Fourth, responding with regard. Yes. Thank you for sharing generously and practically with us about how to encourage an innovative results producing culture. Uh, Yeah, I love talking about this stuff. So thanks so much for giving me the opportunity. It's very evident. Thank you for generously sharing with us today. Uh, My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Courage of a Leader podcast. If you'd like to further explore this episode's topic, please reach out to me through the Courage of a Leader website at www.courageofaleader.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. That helps us expand our reach and get more people fully stepping into their leadership potential. Until next time, be bold and be brave because you've got the courage of a leader.